like have a discord voicemails you have a discord that we don't (laughs) go into ever like all the other discords (laughs) exactly that's exactly the trick but they could find each other that way so in that sense i guess we would be providing a community for them so maybe that yeah but they could just go to the reddit like i feel like the discord would get accessed during this part of the call and never at any other time and then they'd Mm -hmm. be like these guys are jerks (laughs) (laughs) we are we are jerks sometimes i try to leave a little of that flavor in just to (laughs) remind them we're not perfect we're actually reaching assholes yeah we are not as nice as you think we are so if you ever meet us in person keep your standards low i mean in person i get guilted into actually being quite nice but You'll never see me in person ever again. <laughs> That's true. You guys, I saw a thing on TikTok today where a guy's girlfriend, they live together, and she's always on Zoom meetings in their house. And so he bought himself um, one of the green suits <laughs> to make full body coverage, except for his face, so that when he walks down their hallway where like the nook for her desk is, he just blends into the background. <laughs> Coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 70, The Rainwild Chronicles, book two, Dragonhaven, Don't You Dare Sneeze, chapters 10 through 14. Uh, <laughs> and I am Rachel, a rereader. I am Alyssa. <laughs> I've read these. Uh, I'm Jenny and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli and I'm a new reader. I'm Ashley and I'm a non-sneezing new reader. <laughs> And I'm Elena, rounding out the new reader squad. I have no corrections or omissions, but I do have an announcement. You can head to Redbubble and buy the Merkor and the Stubbs t-shirt from Jenny. Like I did. Oh, yeah. So excited. So I finally had a moment today where I forced myself to actually do that. <laughs> Well, and if that's not to your taste, there's 40 other t-shirts there for you. Hopefully or that have not been taken bed down. Or spreads or shower curtains. <laughs> or backpacks. Face masks, while those are still relevant. Decals. Yeah, that's true. You can get masks. You can get a Mercor in the Stubbs mask. You can get a Butt Keep Radio mask. You can. Or a Snip Snip mask. That's I would like, awkward. I would like one for my vaccinated self that says Ask Quest, personally. oh that was was so good episode 69 misses you that's pretty good it's pretty good we got no mail because i always fuck up the mail and our current episode's only been up for like 10 hours so no one's mailed us um but there'll be mail next week why not where are our pigeons we've had 10 hours (laughs) They've had 10 hours. They all sent kings. 
So right. What happened to those extra fast pigeons that we've been shipping out to them? Dinner. No, it's the slow ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to know about the saga of the stupid morning doves that are trying to yes. get into my apartment? Always. <laughs> All right. So, I live on... It's not a corner unit. I have a corner. There's a corner in my apartment. And... That means that there's a window that faces the back and a window that faces the alley. And I have my AC units there because in New York, no one has uh, central air, people who have central air. So, so we sad. put them in the window. Anyway, every every spring I have to like patrol the birds to make sure that they don't build a nest on top of my AC unit or like between the AC unit and like the brick, you know? Because that's gross, and I just I don't want a bird there. And the people across the alley from me have a Godzilla statue on their AC <laughs> unit, which is good. I need to get one of those. I just, you know, am the crazy person who's, like, opening the, the curtains every 20 seconds, screaming bird. And anyway, these stupid morning doves, they they don't just sit on top of the AC unit and look at me. They get, you know, like the little plastic, like, accordion thing that you use to, like, fit into the window? Uh -huh. Yes. They try to open that and come in. <laughs> <laughs> Let them in, Rachel. <laughs> if you're cold, they're cold. They're Let just out inside. there going, like, ding. Like, it's an elevator door. <laughs> like, why is it opening? <laughs> ding. <laughs> That video of the, the noise of the birds. Yeah, so they're just there on the other side. You can't see them because it's the plastic accordion thing, right? And all you hear is... That's not your morning time friend. And then, which I didn't know about this, but, you know, I would scare them off. And then I would always be like, those fucking birds are laughing at me because they would fly away. And then they're like, hee, 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 as they fly away. <laughs> Joey explains to me for 35 minutes that that's not a noise that they make with their beaks. That's actually a noise that their feathers make when they're flapping. Uh, what? So, yeah, it's like inadvertent laughing. Cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought they were mocking me. Anyway, so that's been my life for the past week and a half. They've evolved to mock you. My cat does not you. care. We They've need something. What's something amazing that we can put on your unit and on your little ledge area that will keep them away? That's not Godzilla. That's better than yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, or as good as, because I don't know how much better we're going to get. Yeah. Put your own morning dove there. It's taken. <laughs> Like a buff morning just, dove, one yeah. that they won't fuck with. Yeah, some people have like, like a really tight morning dove. No, I don't want to mess it up because like I, that could like make one of the other morning doves like leave their morning dove mate for like the buffer better. They're dumb. Doves. Yeah, like somebody would <laughs> dissolve their relationship to be with the plastic. If you're yeah. causing the drama, I think that's admirable. <laughs> Wonder if we could get like a shark, some type of large shark. Oh, something, yeah, something anachronistic, something that doesn't belong. A street shark. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't belong. A street sure. shark. I'm trying. I'm like looking around at all the shit in my house. I'm like, I've got. You've stuff. got to have a teenage. Could you put like Ninja an X-wing somewhere? You know, out there would that work? Well, my X-wings are very valuable objects. Actually. I have an extra one. You can have it. <laughs> 
anyway, that is the saga of me and the morning doves. But this, I was reminded of this because apparently they were bred to be eaten. No. So oh. watch out, morning doves. Dinner <laughs> is served. Come, come on in. Is that why they're in mourning? <laughs> I think that's just because they sound sad. Oh. Ooh. They're sad for their eaten brethren. <laughs> She's gonna you could put Rigel out look. there. <laughs> Rigel? Oh, he gets so gross. Like, immediately. He's beautiful. Not like, but they are very plump. They look delicious. <laughs> yeah, but just think of all the New York trash that they had to eat to get that plump. <laughs> They're so glossy. <laughs> nice coat. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, shall we move on to chapter 10? Sure. Let's see. I think that's mine. It is. It is. Are your confessions. <laughs> Did anybody else feel like all of these titles for the chapters in this section have been used before? Yes, they absolutely have. I kept saying, I think we did this already. I think we did this already. <laughs> in in fact, Choices. one of them, I don't know if it was Confessions or if it was... Choices. 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 I mean, it was it's... Choices. Choices was uh, the audiobook lady said something other than Choices. Really? And I was Whoa. like, what? <laughs> what is going on? She made up a better title. <laughs> let me... Let, let me let me go click on this real quick. <laughs> She's like, these people are getting lazy. These people being the audience. <laughs> oh, wait. No, maybe it was just... Maybe, in the audiobook, 13 is labeled decision point. Is that what you guys put? Huh. No. Just, no. Yeah. Okay, so that's the one. It's choices. 13 is choices, and in the audiobook, it's labeled decision point. And so I was confused. So instead of having choices, someone's actually being decisive in the audiobook. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, we'll have to see if you read the same chapter we did, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That but... and also they are all good titles to a CJ Cherry book. Each one. Mm. <laughs> Noted. Especially Divergence. Like we should go look up the, what the other chapters were that had these titles and see if they relate. It's just the same chapter with the names changed. <laughs> oh my god, we've been going in circles. I've seen that rock before. <laughs> Alright. So, Confessions. Chapter 10. We open with Cedric mind-sharing Grelpta's green-tinged hamburger feast and trying not to hurl, because Carson, shocker, uh, came back to him just like he promised he would. And Cedric immediately lapsed back into his Bingtown dandy role. When he tried to follow Carson up the tree to gather fruit, his hands were too tender, and he twisted his ankle. Like, damn, son, you and Relta really needed each other to survive. She had no brain or capacity for critical thinking, and you had no survival skills or ability to use your body. Anyway... Uh, Carson brings Cedric up to date on the flood and the rescue from everyone else's point of view, while Cedric listens basically for hints that Carson and Jess were in together on the whole dragon-selling scheme. Carson t uh, calls Cedric Relptus Keeper, and she eagerly reinforces that, while Carson waxes rhapsodic about becoming a name in a history book about exploring further up the river and maybe finding Kelsingra, and maybe not, but either way, it's a dream worth following. Especially for a man like him who has no one to call him back home. Pointed look at Cedric. 
uh, oh, er, well, I do have a life, he stammers. And Carson says, I'll take you back to it if you want, because I like you, Cedric. I really like you. Haven't you figured that out yet? And yeah, I know you have someone waiting, but honestly, I think he was an idiot to let you go in the first place. So, you know, just flopping that out there, too. Cedric is so discombobulated by that honesty that he forgets to not mention Jess's boat. Whoops! So that leads to him and Relta telling Carson about how they accidentally fed the hunter to the dragon. Carson says, yeah, that Chelsea scheme sounds like that asshole. Good riddance. And Cedric asks if Leftrin had really been in on it. Carson says he doubted it. Leftrin might be shady, but he doesn't sell his, sell his soul to Chelsea midnight shady. Speaking of Leftrin... He's having a nighttime walkabout and a heart-to-heart with Tarman. Leftrin feels guilty that he wanted to use Cedric's absence as an improbable death as an opportune moment to seduce Elise, and disappointed she didn't, while Tarman is convinced that they'll be moving forward again by the morrow. We learn a bit, a, a bit more about how Leftrin got Tarman refitted with the wizard wood and why he had done it the way he did it. Tarman had conveyed to his captain, you see, that what he wanted most was legs. So four stout legs with webbed feet and a long tail had been added. And now he could go almost anywhere he and his captain wished. Got a tail, too, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Not expecting the tail. I was like, what? Uh, They saved all the scraps of the wizard wood and put them in Tarman's hold, never to leave. After a few weeks, the limbs had become fully functional, and over the next few months, Tarman had changed personality somewhat. A bit more assertive and adventurous, a little bit sassy, too, telling Leftrin he, you know, meaning Tarman, didn't have to do anything so crude as stomping Jess's head into the river, and, hey, you think you know the cure for Elise's insomnia? Eh, eh. <laughs> Perhaps a talk with a friend, Leftrin said. <laughs> didn't know you already introduced her to your friend, Tarman says, <laughs> like a 12-year-old boy. Um, so Leftrin pieces out of that combo to go see just why it is that Elise is hanging out in Cedric's hovel. She's been crying, so he gives her some cuddles, some hair kisses, and nice pep talk about how they don't know Cedric's dead yet. No use crying about it now. And Elise is like, please stop talking. Like, seriously, just don't talk. And quite literally jumps into his arms. They make it to Cedric's bunk, if barely, before he's providing Elise's very first orgasm. And his amazement at how fast it happened was sort of sweet, but also, like, damn, they really did not have what seemed like some important conversations here, right? Right? Is this just me? Anyway, we get four sentences at the end of the chapter with Elise, dropping the locket and wishing it could be into the river, not just onto the floor. Mm, Get it, girl. Birdmail. Taxable income report from Bingtown Traders to Rainwilds Council. And Eric wants to make sure Detozi knows that he is single and searching, so he drops that his father is recovered enough to get on his ass about not having a wife and children yet. (laughs) Silly me to think that might be my business. So how do you think Tarman told him that he wanted legs and, like, what the legs should look like? Like, just dreams of legs? Yeah. Yeah. And instead of Leftrin being like, God, I really want some frog legs, he's like, I'm going to build giant frog legs. Yes, I think that's how that went. A little bit of like Noah, right? Noah's the one that built the boat. (laughs) Allegedly. But yeah, so it's like you just get like a vision, like this, like this 
every night he goes to sleep and he dreams of Tarman having legs mm-hmm. for weeks. I feel like it's, it's like, like nice Muppet Babies legs. where it's like he just sees <laughs> legs down. <laughs> Tarman lifts up her skirt to her ankle. <laughs> such a weird dream to have but also like why wouldn't anybody have made that up before i just it's such a useful well okay so it's something that literally would only make sense if the ship can self-propel um and you know by the time and and as and as you know yeah in running in, in shallow water and so by the time they figured out that like live ships are a thing they were using it to actually sail on the ocean and you know, Tarman was the only barge uh, cruising that route. Right. Well, it, like it's like they didn't make like a, you know, like the river barges on the Mississippi with the big wheel. They didn't make one of those that he can like mm. move around. It's legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like a paddle boat. Why not legs? Well, like, yeah, I guess you're right. Why not? Oh, do you think that some of the I'm... legs have like cool tattoos on them? Yes. <laughs> I can add that to the drawing if you would like. What would you like it to be? Anchor. An anchor, yeah. <laughs> American traditional. Mom. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Mother. Paragon. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I get that tattooed on my body. That silly boy. So if you got the tattoo, would like the front of Paragon be like on your front and then the back of Paragon be on your back? Or would it be like a drawing of the whole thing? Um, I really like your idea of a full body experience. (laughs) (laughs) It's just on the entire underside of the hull. Yeah. Just instead of my body, picture Paragon's body. Right. That's what I mean. And that's the tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Glad we're on the same page. I'm going to go with the anchor because that's uh, illustratable <laughs> at this point in time. Um, but we'll just imagine that it's under there. Thanks. Thanks for not crushing the dream. <laughs> Is this the chapter with the tasteful Robin Hobb sex scene for once? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. The, the 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 no no lifting of bosoms. Uh, no. We get to fade to black. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It fades to black. It's, you know. It's It's racy, but only for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Right. It wasn't enough detail to, like, be like, ew, no. There wasn't a lot of touching. Yeah. It was just passion. You get some of that description in my chapter, and I gloss over it. I mean, I glossed over it pretty hard, you know, here, too, but... Also, because there wasn't a lot there, it was more like she jumps in his arms and, like, they're kissing real hard. And then, like, his hands are going the right place and she's exploding. And he's like, whoa, not expecting that. And she's like, oh, my God, fuck me. She's like, without saying it that way. get there? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, got to distract you while I get rid of this locket of my fucking husband in the other hand. It's the opposite of duty, right? It's passion. So it's... yeah. (laughs) <laughs> where's that episode 69 spirit right? so it was a special <laughs> event for like, <laughs> patreon subscribers only dear, dear Hess I will honor this locket for exactly as much pleasure as you gave me in bed P- oops not at all 
Not at all. Let's put that shit on the floor. Bye. I thought it was weird to do it in his bed. I didn't think it was yeah. weird at all. Well, I was also wondering right about like next door is your is your room too far. There's yeah. a whole entire wall they'd have to go out. People can see them on the deck. It could spoil everything. But this is it, not an easily cleanable like stinky. Yeah, I mean, like, she said yeah, I would. I'm worried like less about Theo. them making it stinky and more about the fact that it is pre-stunk. It right, exactly. Like stinks. it's <laughs> exactly like it's a stinky, like you know. But also, let's be realistic, like, guys. Like, how badly do these people already smell? Can they smell anything besides their own stench? <laughs> well, apparently, Elise smells like flowers. I mean, somehow yeah, she has stink that. man himself. <laughs> <laughs> It's that magical property of you're you're my true mate, so you always smell good to me. But she smells like flowers. <laughs> I sent the updated drawing. Oh, well, because she she has um, body oil or lotion, or remember whatever. Yeah, yeah, she she keeps putting her scent on, even though she probably hasn't bathed in a month. Well, you know what? I think I would have too. If it, <laughs> like, come on. It can it can be it can be surprisingly effective. Like, for example, my body was recently filled with lidocaine, which stinks terribly when it comes out of your. Does it really? Lips. Like tires, like old oh, burning tires. That kind of makes sense. Rubber. And I'm like sleeping in bed, and I wake up in the middle of the night thinking there's an old hobo in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you like, Joey, you're the that. old hobo. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Did Joey say anything? No, he's been very nice. He he thinks you smell like flowers. <laughs> he gets that look on his face where I'm like, do I smell bad? He's like, no. <laughs> very good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, if you get full of a lot of lidocaine, <laughs> it comes out your pit smelling like tires on fire so if i had i again not if i did use a scented lotion that smelled very nice <laughs> lit four extra candles that night instead of just the standard two <laughs> yeah so team elise on that one <laughs> uh oh uh and then carson Carson and his... He's like, no, man, I like you like you. I like you. I like you. I like that he's direct because Cedric is stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs to be direct. Yep. I appreciate directness as well. Yeah, he doesn't get... Took... I'd forgotten that, that Carson had already told him that, like, they played for the same team. Um, because I was like, why is Cedric just, like, letting this go and not like reacting to Carson basically like outing himself and I was like oh wait that's because the, they had the conversation about Davy and Carson like told him that oh okay right and like he also assumes that everyone who wants anything from him wants to fuck him <laughs> <laughs> but at least in this moment he's not even thinking about that he's just like somebody wants to kill the dragon are you one of the people that wants to kill the dragon like he is actually has his mind on appropriate topics of survival mm-hmm. yeah and Carson's like look we are alone in the woods it is very romantic <laughs> I just rescued you <laughs> there are lightning bugs and like sunsets <laughs> 
This Come is the on plot of at least six guys. movies I've watched. <laughs> well, with that archetype of a romance in mind, who's having the most romantic time? I so mean, far? definitely Lefton and Elise. Yeah, because they're doing like yes, the like oh it's the butterflies in the stomach aspect of like forbidden love for a little bit and the secret hand holding, but they're also having some like good late night talks, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, we'll have to okay. see as we move through these chapters who has more romance points at the end. Mm-hmm. I feel like Cedric and Carson though have like a lot of um potential because you know they're well i guess cedric you know still technically is maybe sort of in a relationship with hest um that hest himself kind of made that ambiguous and so you know like with elise there's an element of like guilt and should i be doing this and you know i'm breaking marriage vows even if they're horrible and he sucks um whereas cedric really doesn't have any of that so he just... still thinks about Hest plenty. As yeah, as I would. He does yeah. in that chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like rapidly becoming obvious how fucked up their relationship was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last confession of the chapter, uh, the fact that uh, Eric is shopping on the market. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just FYI, if you know anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my, my family is really on me to take a bride to Tozy. Uh, so. Letting you know that, putting that out there, putting that energy out there. Yep, yep. <laughs> One bird person to another bird person. <clears throat> Shall we move on to chapter 11? Yes. Sure. Hit us. Chapter 11 is called Revelations. <laughs> <laughs> what a revelation. Revelation. <laughs> like like the end of the world? Yeah, like it's a <laughs> we were just talking about Noah's Ark, so this feels appropriate. It's Bible stories with Buck Keep Radio. <laughs> so, uh, so on the Ark, um, we are post-sex scene now. And they are lying there, on, they're still lying there on Cedric's sad little bed as Elise tells Leftrin all about her dream of Kelsingra, in which she saw it from a dragon's perspective. Uh, she then reluctantly tells him that they should return to their own beds, and as she uh, flits across to her own tiny little room and curls up under her cold blankets, there's a lot of talk about finally sleeping next to a naked man and beards and breasts, and Elise would say, let's move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Basically, she doesn't regret it and doesn't want to think about her old life that she might still have to return to because she couldn't find that stupid locket. Uh, And because she couldn't find that stupid locket, she doesn't have to think about Cedric's fate yet either. Not tonight. Uh, Meanwhile, Leftrin is interrogating Tarman, trying to figure out why the ship is giving Elise the same dream as him. And then we're back with Cedric and Carson, and Cedric is trying his best to impress Carson with his rowing skills. He's uh, not great at it, but that's the price you pay for pride. Uh, if only his skills in Bingtown business circles were more applicable out here. He spends a lot of the trip back thinking about Hest, as I said. What else? <laughs> um, 
Well, there is a brief respite where he's watching Carson's muscles, but then it's back to us. <laughs> he's trying to get back to his fantasy of being rich enough to sweep Hest off his feet and spirit him away somewhere where they can be themselves. He's even picked out the china and everything. Except the real Hest is invading the fantasy and complaining about the fish and leering at serving boys and generally being an asshole. Because he's finally starting to come to terms with that as he remembers the times that Hest was violent with him. Well, Redding Cope is welcome to him now. I hope he's coping well enough. Uh, on to Thymara, who is heading off for some fruit gathering, and Tats, her new shadow, has decided to follow, of course. He offers to try and get her home if that's what she wants, but Thymara's not interested. She wants to prove herself somehow, and Tats proves himself to be a kind of a sexist jerk when he announces that he thought only boys felt they had to prove it themselves. Apparently no one expects anything of girls other than just being a girl. Thaimara tries to school himself on Rainwild history and how women once did just as much as them to help survive, help them survive as the men, but he doesn't seem to fully get it. She explains how someone as so touched by the Rainwilds as she is just wants to prove to everyone that she deserves to live, which eventually circles them back around to Graft and his dumb rules. Again, Tass proves to be a dumb boy because Thaimara has to explain to him that having a baby out in the wild is a terrible idea, and all of the people involved should have thought way more about the consequences. And I feel like the Rainwilds did not have very good sex ed classes. <laughs> they taught abstinence only. <laughs> I mean, they would have been better off following abstinence only on this trip. Um, on their way back to the barge, they've run into that annoying Nortel, and I'd rather we go back to him just being a name in a list on a page, because he kind of sucks. He and Tats naturally get into a fight over Thymara because of Gref's stupid rules, even as Thymara screams at them that it doesn't matter that the result because this is not a fight for her. Again, stupid boys. Thymara tries to sneak out of there but does not stick the landing and falls a bit but at least those claws save her in the end. And of course that's just more ammunition for the boys to fight over. I hate them both. <laughs> Finally, Carson and Cedric return to Tarman and no one can believe that Cedric is actually paddling a boat. <laughs> also, Leftrin and Elise are super depressed that their chaperone has returned. What will this mean for them? In bird news, Eric has sent to Tozi the arrangements for Rael to return home to his family for morning time, and also 25 swift pigeons and six kings will be entrusted to his care along the way. Oh, Tats. If I never have to listen to Tats talking to Thaimara <laughs> ever like, again, it'll be too idiot. soon. I hate it so much. It's so far my least favorite thing of the entire series. This, this trilogy, like... quadrology, whatever. <laughs> Tats Poor talking tech. to Saimara is the worst. <laughs> well, and I felt so I, you know, bad for her like because him. she tried to make herself like a cool, bold exit and then she fucking fell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you're running three miles and then you got this too much saliva in your mouth and then you spit and then it's like the Mulan spit and then you're dragging it back up in your mouth. It's the same. No, that I've done that. Yeah, I want to like. I really want to like root for Tats. I want him to be like a cool dude, just because he's not graft and he's like, you know, childhood friends, and that's a trope that I, you know, it's like cool. I'll get on board with this, but then he just has to speak. Mm, he's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, she's even like, wow, I love his muscles. I like the way he does everything, and then he just like <laughs> talks, and it's like. God, it's so bad. Like he wonders why she won't choose him. I mean, it's a very accurate experience in terms of like <laughs> being a sixteen-year-old girl 
might like <laughs> a little interested in boys, but the, it's like, oh, I like their muscles, but God, they're stupid. And like that part feels authentic. Yeah. <laughs> to me. <laughs> I don't know, uh, when, I, when I was 16, I was like, I'm going to just straight fall in love with this 21-year-old guy and not worry about high school idiots, because, yeah, that's, they were idiots. I didn't quite get to the talking to boys stage, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you can see, it wasn't worth it. Uh, yeah, I just, oh, gosh. I, I, what, like, what does Hob want from me at this point? Because... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, so I want Tats to fall out of the tree, and I want Nortel to fall out of the tree, and I want Greft definitely to fall out of the tree. Like, just leave Thymara alone to rule alone in the trees. (laughs) And just eat her bread leaves and leave her alone. It's fine. I don't want her to be alone because that seems lonely, but everyone around her is an idiot. Mm Mm-hmm. So just concentrate on making friends with Centara and go like That's easier said than done. Go like full Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know about these uh who are these people that they never they're just kind of names at this point. Like the Boxster, other keepers? Boxster and Case and these other people. Alan I want to. And... I want to get to know some of these other people. <laughs> Jeffrey, no. I don't know. We got to know Norton more. We don't like him. It's not worth it. <laughs> Just Sounds anybody like Alan else. Is the one that's just naming Alan names. Alan's the one that's hanging out with Skelly, right? Yeah. yeah. I, do and you? Then... Does anyone else picture Skelly as a skeleton that is? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Obviously, full ninth house skeleton. <laughs> yeah, in a row. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. And then Box and Boxster and Case are the cousins that have no personality aside from being cousins and kind of following people. Mm-hmm. I find that offensive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with cousins? Yeah. Nothing's wrong with cousins, <laughs> but they're boys, so we hate them. Oh, right. Um, personalities. <laughs> and let's see. I don't know if Ashley and I would make good partners on this type of trip. No, I would get mad at you. Well, Rachel, it would involve camping, so you'd be out all entirely. (laughs) I would be Carson, and you would be Cedric, and it would get a little (laughs) annoying, I feel. (laughs) With all of us together, though. Well, that's the sentence. No, then it's then it's Rachel fell out of the canoe back there when no one was looking. I tried. I was gonna say I'd probably be working and I'd be dead and eaten by a dragon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you know, like when people go on paleo diets and like stuff like that, where they're like, <laughs> I want to get in touch with like my inner, you know, like the natural whatever you know, quote unquote whatever natural is. I don't. I don't. Because I am better off with technology and medical assistance and (laughs) social services. (laughs) You know, like, when I read, like, growing up, you read Hatchet and, like, you know, like, My Side of the Mountain, like, all those survival stories. And they stressed me out because I knew I wouldn't survive. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) That's how I feel about this section where they're all just like we're gonna survive and i'm like oh yeah 
I'm uh, gonna curl up and die. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to way too many stories of, and then the last time they were ever seen was in the woods when they were camping alone, and now I never want to go outside again. So. Well, that's I'm what, gonna work on well, my treehouse. That was not so I can just be the architect. Them. Right. It was another person. The scariest right. thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's why you always leave a note so that, you know, people know where to, like you say, this is when I'll be back and this is where I'm at. Like, Dear 911, <laughs> this is where I will be. Can you keep this as a post-it on your computer screen for the next three days, Alyssa? <laughs> FBI my, agent, my, if you really care. You just set up an automatic email to, like, uh, one of those murder podcasts where you're like, <laughs> if I don't get home in like 48 hours, I, this email goes out to a murder podcast. They will find me. They will solve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I want to say that it would be like this great adventure and that I would volunteer to be a keeper and that I, you know, I join this cool group and become history like Carson says, but I don't, I don't know if I actually and that character. I mean, I don't know that I would sign up for it because I don't feel like my life is a, a point where like that's my only option. <laughs> but <laughs> if I was put in that situation, I feel like I would be totally fine. Yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I wouldn't choose it, but like if I'm forced into a survival situation, I'm like I mean, obviously it's not guaranteed, but I like my odds. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, kind of feel like Jane, you know, looking around like like, do you really think any of us are getting out of it? Well, I might. <laughs> I would absolutely be Cedric. Yeah, I'd man, I would lose my glasses immediately. Or... <laughs> no, in these yeah. in these theories, in these like hypotheticals, we've had LASIK. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but I'd still absolutely be Cedric. Yeah, I mean, I that's why I think like that's why Cedric is annoying to me because I feel like out of all of them, I probably have the most in common with Cedric. I think I've said this before, where it's like that, and that's why it's annoying that he's not awesome. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting better. He is rowing a boat. He rowed. Is did he or did he just kind of like play around? No, he rowed. He he said he he had he he didn't let that rope get taught. He yeah, he he kept Mm -hmm. up with him. And the one time he forgot, even if he didn't steer. Yeah, he didn't steer. He got lost thinking about Hest and then claimed he was scratching his nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Carson noticed the one time that rope did get you know, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, he got blisters. He he did something. Yeah, I believe in you, Cedric. The, the better you get, the better I feel about myself. <laughs> <laughs> you would eventually get blisters too, Rachel. Would I? <laughs> I'm going to make you go kayaking the next time you visit. We're going to start training. I, Rachel, you're too stubborn. You wouldn't just die. <laughs> you have asthma. The kayaking asthma. is actually is that not safe? that much exertion. Okay. <laughs> I'm fast like lightning in a kayak. People are always so impressed with me. That's why I like horses, you know? They like they run for you. Horses would kill me though. That's true. Well then you'd make you wouldn't I guess that's what if you were allergic to dragons? They don't have any fur, so I Oh feel my like I god. Just... <laughs> they would you guys are worried so about much. allergies? Yes. You're in the swamp. That's my Achilles heel. We're talking about survival, but my allergies could potentially get in the way. They really could. That's 
That's I'm allergic to every tree on the planet, Eli. All of them. Oh. <laughs> and all of the grass. All of them. It's bad. I'm trying to imagine how much a dragon would be annoyed with you if you were allergic to them. Maybe they could do something. Like, maybe when you, like drank their blood a little it would like i'm not allergic to cats so i choose to believe that i'm also not allergic to dragons i yeah that's, that's a fair safe. point yeah i think hob would back you up on that okay uh what else happened in this chapter <laughs> um um i mean elisa's dreaming about oh Kelsey. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Tarman has decided to send dreams of sexy legs yeah, in the Tarman's city. Tarman's getting a little <laughs> sassy. Mm-hmm. Well, this was just with her seeing it from overhead. The other dream comes later. Yeah, but they still, like, they saw the same dream. And he's like, what gives? Like, why are you showing the same dream? Because the ship ships them. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's giving them bonding experiences. He's the love boat. <laughs> so, you know, with Paragon having more than one wizard wood log that makes him up and it not being super great for him, we have Tarman, who is also now made of two different wizard wood logs. And it, he's excelling. He doesn't give to, a shit. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be going much better. He actually has the legs Maybe of a honey it's... badger with the feet of a duck. Maybe it's because he got the second one later. Could be. And it wasn't, like, at once. Right, like, the... He knew what he was doing. The main personality was, like, established, and then this, like, other personality is secondary for sure mm-hmm. i mean there's yeah. also way more of the other tar man i think like four mm-hmm. legs and a tail plus the rest of the boat yeah. it's like involved yeah well plus um plus the, the whole like consent thing like tar man asked for this and wanted it right. as opposed to it sort of being done to him you know yeah right but that wizard would did not ask so you know it's a little true there could be complications. Yes, but if the regular, if the original Tarman dragon was able to like, you know, be the dominant personality over the new one, mm-hmm. then maybe it was okay. Probably also helps that there's no figurehead to argue. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Just little high heels in the water. <laughs> stop! 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 It's got that tail like a cat, where you know when when he's irritated. It just... <laughs> I'm just imagining Tarman like strutting down a runway. Right. <laughs> sashay You're gonna away. Walk... Yeah, sashay away. Um shall we shall we subject ourselves to the locket? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Chapter twelve, coming out of the closet I've been doing not fine. <laughs> <laughs> This chapter opens with Relpta running back to her friends triumphantly, shouting, I killed a man, and I support you, Relpta. <laughs> we fought him, and we ate him, is going to go on my next cross-stitch project. Bless this mess. <laughs> her fellow dragons are not as supportive, however, and begin to interrogate and berate her, and the conversation goes to, oh yeah, and Cedric ate my blood, and I'm going to turn him into an elderling, which leads to more interrogating and more berating. Are you stupid? Morcor asks. Yes, Relta replies. 
Morcor expresses his intense doubt that Relta will be able to guide Cedric's transformation into an elderling, and Centaur thinks that Cedric sucks and doesn't deserve it. At one point in private, Murkor asks if Centara has started the same process with Thymara. Who? Asks Centara. <laughs> oh, yeah, the ugly one. Murkor asks about Thymara's other changes, ones apart from how she was born. Centara's like, wait, what? She's stubborn and arrogant, and oh yeah, when she was dutifully caring for my every need, some of my blood might have gotten into her mouth or eyes. <laughs> <laughs> then we get a slow motion flashback of that exact thing and the blood falls and Thymara goes oh as it hits her eyeball and Centara is slow-mo laughing oh 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 and <laughs> meanwhile Cedric is living the simple things life warm water hot food a crisp iced tea his new boyfriend telling the tale of how he survived while he relaxes and he moons and left her and Elise are looking guilty, but that's probably because Cedric looks so awful from going through so much. <laughs> Elise wants to talk to him, but Cedric is like, can we reschedule? And Elise texts back just a smiley face. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> <laughs> Cedric is left alone to begin his 14-step Rainwild skincare routine. Sadly, there's only one acid in the Rainwilds over it, and it's not salicylic. It's during this that he accidentally comes across the discarded locket, opens it, and sees Hest staring back at him. Cedric asks, Did I make you up? Did you ever exist as the person I longed for you to be? And as a reader, I almost expected Hest's likeness to answer like Kenneth's <laughs> charm did, and there is no answer. <laughs> He shuts the locket. He tries to summon to his brain a single gentle or kind thing Hest has ever done and comes up with Carson's touch on his face instead. And this is some Jamie Damn. and Brienne level shit. Can you send me an email if you're into that? I would love to talk about it. <laughs> Something in Cedric's head tells him to throw the locket overboard, but he decides to keep it with his other regrets and nasties in the kitchen junk drawer. <laughs> Like a mom, Elise knocks as she is opening the door, <laughs> and she lets herself into Cedric's room. Elise asks, asks if Hest loves her, and Cedric says, well, he married you. And listen, there are people who had good childhoods, and there are people who bury their feelings way deep down, and all the stuff that Elise buried comes out, and she just can't stop crying. And while they talk some more, Cedric thinks of Hest regarding Elise with, quote, the sort of affection usually reserved for a dog with mange. <laughs> Hest isn't like us, he finally says. He's a sociopath. <laughs> Elise reacts to the news that Hess never loved her with a, so what am I supposed to do? Just sail up the Rainwild Zuru with my dragon under one arm and my left turn under my other arm as though it was a joke that she wasn't 100% going to do. And Cedric is like, girl. Elise finally asks about the locket and Cedric is like, oh my god, please leave. <laughs> While Cedric is explaining the locket, he's being very extremely obvious and detached, and Elise is being very straight. 
And in this next beautiful little scene, Cedric kind of dissociates and tells the truth that he was in love with Hest and that they were together and that he's a whole royal flush of gay and he's expecting the worst reaction. Quote, he felt her stand. She would hit him now. She'd call him the names he feared ever since he was a boy. Instead, he felt one of her hands instantly touch his head and then smooth his hair just as his mother had stroked him when he was a small boy. Quote, Mostly, I'm so sorry for the both of us, especially you. How could you love such a man? What a worthless waste of your heart. My friends, when Robbo Hob hits, she hit. <laughs> <laughs> and so Cedric comes out as gay and Elise comes out as sad. Cedric also comes out as maybe growing scales. And Relta comes out as, as I'll always be there for you, bud. Such a beautiful... Thank you, Robin. Leftron and Carson catch up about Cedric killing Jess, and uh-oh, I heard something about some shady deals with Chal said. Leftron says he'd never betray the Rainwilds that way, or Elise. That's nice. Burb knocking on Rachel's window. They're morning doves now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the main mail letter is from Jess to be held at the Frog and Ore Tavern. Until called upon. Amazing. That's just like an Ichabod and Mr. Toad kind of just rolling. And wow, that paper's going to rot. <laughs> <laughs> Eric wants a bird back from Detozi to confirm Rail's safe arrival. They're also trying to breed the fastest bird in the West, apparently. But uh-oh, the king pigeons are too plump to jump, and they might have to be meat birds. <laughs> but just keep it as a pet. I don't have to kill them. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, right? You can't fly fast, so I guess we'll eat ya. I guess you have to die. <laughs> like, uh... Maybe they are strong. Maybe they can attach larger letters to these plump birds. No. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they they think that they're top pigeon, and they just are too good for the job. And they don't want to do well, it. Because they... They get lost and they don't want to come back to where they're supposed to go to. Wasn't that the other problem with the kings? Is that like half of them don't show up where they're supposed to? Yeah, they're just like, oh, I'm going to go over here. They're adventurous. <laughs> like, ooh, I see food. I'm going to go eat. <laughs> they're being eaten by lizards. They're where the, was I the supposed cats to go? of pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we know how elderlings are made done more importantly we get even more information about the abominations mm -hmm. yes mm. that their attempted elderlings gone wrong well it's like we knew we knew that like we got a little telling in whatever book one of those books that we read before that it was <laughs> like dragons who spent too much time with humans but this just like expanded mm. on all of that a little bit so it's yes. a screwed up serpent. Sometimes they just come out of the egg wrong. Sometimes. <laughs> so it's like two dragons who hung out with humans too much and were corrupted by their evil souls make babies, and then those babies are abominations, which is very See, tragic. This goes back to my point about the 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 others is that it's not fair because you get. Well, the the effect of human beings is just badness. There's nothing good. You don't get a bet. Like look at Relpta. That's a better dragon. True. Mm -hmm. But now Relpta can't have babies because 
What? But she's, she's a better others? dragon because her shithead human stole her blood and scales in the middle of the night. <laughs> I okay, would call her so... a more loquacious dragon. I wouldn't call her a better dragon. I mean, the only reason the abominations <laughs> are bad is because the dragons don't like them and nobody likes them and they they happen to be doing terrible things with the with... if they treated the fish head people with kindness maybe they would be better like right but why are they bad just because they're more human like why are human like humans have good because a... don't know because dragons think nothing of humans and if their offspring come out looking more like humans they're gonna be like no okay thanks. well argument that does not what is not what a human looks like I don't know if a dragon's ever seen a human. Yes, but it's closer to human, and it probably has a shorter lifespan, and so they think it's worthless. I guess are they... so. I just think that it's mean. Like, are the abominations well, ab- inherently there. bad, or are they inherently just, gonna... just like surf- serpents, but they happen to be walking around on land, and they realize they could take advantage of that she who remembers? They're like, they, would, they would any serpent do bad. that? If I it, feel like they they're bad. They seem pretty bad. They seem like they seem awful. like yeah. They seem like they're cheaters and liars and hoarders locked of up. magical gems. But yeah, is that different that from dragons? Up, must remember. Say that again. Is that different from dragons? Maybe they just didn't. Ha- I mean, they can't get off that island unless they like hijack a boat. Because I don't feel like they can swim. They don't have bones in their arms. They can't row. <laughs> they're just slugs. I'm just saying that they're they're like serpents, but they're stuck on that island and don't have a desire to like go swim and make eggs or swim and cocoon somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, right? They're yeah. just they're just as shitty as dragons. Do you think if they tried are, to make different. themselves a a case that they would actually turn into something else? Well, one can they? Because the, I don't I don't think they have the materials on that beach that they need. <laughs> No, but if they got to the cocooning beach, ah. if they hijacked a ship and some pirates and forced them to sail them to the cocooning beach. Well, you know what? I want to do that just to see what happens. Yeah, I like experience. I will sponsor. And then got and then got some nice dragons that don't exist to help them make a case and then sat in the sun for a real long time. Would they then become something else? Probably something awesome and beautiful. <laughs> Covered in a bigger Would it be like slug. the ugly duckling story. <laughs> Godzilla, it, you know, like a nice what, children what become boogers evolve into. <laughs> <laughs> For my next children's book, I will do the story of an other become a beauty. How yeah, the abomination became a beauty. Yeah, ugly ducklings, <laughs> ugly fishhead people, <laughs> backwards mermaids. <laughs> maybe they become a mermaid yeah there's only one other mythical reverse. animal in all of robin hob we need more i think they just become an angler fish mm. <laughs> well at least they'd be off the beach yeah i just think that relpda i mean workor was was sincerely worried that her intellect was not where it needed to be for her to do dragon things like make elderlings and now it seems like she is borrowing or learning from cedric in a way that helps her so that's not Mm -hmm. all bad humans aren't all bad no but i'm a little worried for cedric well his changes 
You know, at least Ralphda cares. Unlike blue dragons that we know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. It seems like yeah. a, it's, seems like a hallmark of being a blue dragon is to be um, self-absorbed. Yeah, and and you know, <laughs> yeah, like you you have all these little humans and you don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Um. So yeah, so now we we kind of know that there is a uh, will. There's a plan. There's, I don't know, a twelve-step program, something. <laughs> the dragons, the dragons know what they're doing. Apparently, they just, you know, keep it to themselves. Uh, what else? Cedric coming out. Oh, Cedric. That's a. That is a nice scene. I feel glad for him that it's like just out and he doesn't have to. I don't know. He's yeah. definitely letting his conscience eat his entire being. <laughs> it's just all consuming him. And I feel bad that he still had to like super spell it out for her. <laughs> like, you're not picking up what I'm putting down here, chicky babes. So let me tell you, I was <laughs> fucking like, like, Watch the expression on her age. face change over the course of like a 10 minute conversation. <laughs> Be a good face journey. <laughs> and yeah, even though this is an idea to her that is so foreign that she's never, literally never thought of it in her whole life, <laughs> she doesn't react in a way that's like judgmental or, you know, mm -hmm. she, she just recognizes that. She's just like, oh, I'm so sorry that you loved that horrible. Yeah, because she's like, God, how like, sad for you. He's making my life miserable, and I didn't even love him. So that's, yeah, that is rough, buddy. She's like, you have zero sense of self worth at all. Yeah, please do yourself a favor and get yourself a better boyfriend on this trip. Yeah, I mean that's it's the better boyfriend trip, really. <laughs> And they're all getting over the same boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is replacing Hest. Oh, you guys, I can't wait for Hest to. Oh, is he going to show, show up? up? How's he, how does he I, get I, to the Rainwilds? Metaphorically, physically, <laughs> however that happens. I can't wait for Hest to show up, too. I want to see what happens. I can't wait I... for Carson to beat the shit out of Hest. That'll be fun. He needs to get scales, though, because he would not handle that well. Like, I know <laughs> Cedric isn't handling it super well in the beginning, but, like... I hope that Relta eats Hest. Can that happen? Oh, she probably would, honestly. <laughs> I mean, Cedric is literally gonna get a thicker skin, so... Gonna... Good for him. And Carson will think it's beautiful, and Hest mm -hmm. will be like, ugh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I can't, I, yeah, the, it is nice to see all of your characters kind of like, who are slightly pathetic, kind of go <laughs> off, have their adventure, come back, be badasses, and then like, if some of the things in their old life attempt to hurt them, it no longer can, you know, like, it's nice to, like, sorry, has some lizard now, I deal with that. <laughs> but more like, like, for example, Elise used to care so much what 
we get into this in my chapter, but, you know, used to care so much about what people thought of her. Mm-hmm. And now is kind of, like, moving beyond that. Like, she can't be hurt by the opinions of others anymore. And, like, that's how Cedric kind of controls her, right? It's like, well, what will Hess mm-hmm. think? What will your husband think? What will the people in Bingtown think that you're being like this? And she's like, I don't care. Because I'm not going back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, was, was this was this the one where they kind of get into, did everybody know? That's, the, that's my chapter. That's, yeah, okay, that's yeah, yeah, never mind then. So I'll just table that comment. Um, but yeah, in, in summary, I think it's good to point out that that's her first reaction because she's a compassionate person who actually cares about him and is like, wow. Right. Like they're actually friends. And I think that's why it hurts for Elise so much too, is because she really felt like Cedric was her friend. This Mm -hmm. is my friend. We were friends since we were children. Yeah. And he's lying to me. Yeah. Fucking sucks. Carson tells that Lef- tells Lefteren that Jess was killed, right? Yes. In this chapter. She was like, hey, this this asshole. Remember this asshole? And Lefteren was like, Cedric killed him? Right? <laughs> he's like, him. <laughs> it's like, him. well, I warmed him up first. Yeah. Like, I loosened the jar <laughs> for you. <laughs> so he's like, well, damn, I thought I got him. I thought that was a me move. All right. <laughs> Dear Jurdle. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Turns I have still not only much killed of a badass one as man. I thought I was. <laughs> On the plus side, I don't have to tell Elise that I've killed two people. I'm gonna have to kill somebody to make half. up for that notch I put on my belt. Damn, yeah, right? <laughs> Tarman's like, oh, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were a badass there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I thought I killed him. <laughs> um, and then the letter from Jess that's going to the frog and ore is going to be picked up supposedly by who? I would think Sinead. Oh, yeah. Or okay. a courier for Sinead. All right. Does it say, uh, if you find this letter, please forward it to the nearest podcast to solve my murder? (laughs) (laughs) Dear diary, if I go missing, it was them. (laughs) All right. Are we good to move on? So content warning for suicidal thoughts and attempted suicide. So content warning for suicidal thoughts and attempted suicide. We open with Thymara sitting and thinking and whittling on the deck of the Charman. She's making what sounds like a very ineffectual replacement paddle and thinking about how sad she is that Rapscall is gone. She's also annoyed. Annoyed at Gref for being the owner of surviving of the surviving supplies uh, and crowing about it. Annoyed at Tats for making Nortel apologize for treating her like an object by apologizing to her like an object. <laughs> and also, just annoyed at Tats for being Tats. Quote, we're still friends, even when I'm angry with you, but I don't belong to you. This statement doesn't really get processed by Tats the way that I feel like it should have been, but I'm glad that he heard it. And then Tats asked what he has to do to win Thymara, and she sighs because it's absolutely not the point. So they just finish the paddle. 
That evening, having successfully avoided any form of a chore, Cedric emerges from his sweat box, feeling very sorry for himself. Quotes, just as well if everyone stayed clear of me, he thinks, when Davy doesn't come to annoy him, even though he didn't actually want Davy to come to annoy him. So just like waking up late while on vacation at the beach, everyone is at the shoreline playing in the water and not concerned at all that you aren't there. People are bathing, people are making bonfires, people are baking fish, the dragons are napping, and they're shiny and clean, and Cedric notes this, but doesn't join them. Instead, he thinks about how he should tell Elise the truth about Leftrin, but doesn't want to. Cedric's just, he's really killing it right now. This, he's just getting very morose. It's, a, it's, it's kind of like, kind of a 180 from where he was in the last chapter. So he heads into the galley alone and judgmentally takes coffee he didn't make while thinking rude thoughts about how clean everything is, even though everyone is currently washing, but for him. And then he judgmentally eats this dinner uh, when Elise walks in. Mm -hmm. Quote, she says, I hated and despised you for several hours today. <laughs> and at this point, I feel like I kind of agree and I really am admiring Elise for her you know, directness. But I'm over it now. Cedric is busy building his little house of self-pity when Elise asks directly, Did everyone know? Yes, he says. But I didn't laugh. Which is small comfort when you know that everyone else did. Not laughing isn't the same as friendship, is it? So, <laughs> everyone knew. And Elise feels like a naive fool. Cedric doesn't really blame her. She wasn't part of their lives. She wasn't part of their society. She was just furniture that they maneuvered around. Cedric lets slip that Sophie always knew, which upsets Elise. Uh, and then they talk about Hest. And it's just kind of too much, and I have to leave this part of the section and move on. Anyways, Elise declares that she's not going back. She's not going back to Bingtown, where her life was a lie. She considers that the contract is now void since Hest has broken his vows, and that's that. She'll stay with Leftrin, but Cedric can't let his friend that he's wronged be happy, so he tells her, don't trust him, he's deceiving you. And how do you know? Oh, well, I can't say, he says. <laughs> So Cedric basically tells Elise that because she was fooled by a man who once fooled Cedric, her judgment towards all other men who care for her is suspect. <laughs> Which is really just kind of a dig at her own worth, isn't it, Cedric? Isn't it, Cedric? And then Elise is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go ask him. I'm not afraid of him. So then Cedric goes back to his little hole and notices that his hair on his face and his head is starting to fall out and it's itchy. And he's kind of really upset. And he looks at his face and realizes that he is now covered in very fine scales, which he considers to be completely hideous. And Ralph is like, you don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> so Cedric then decides that he's too ugly and guilty to live, which, again, contrasted with the last scene in which his friends were accepting of him and he had a connection with Carson, this feels super fucked up. So Cedric decides that he's too ugly and guilty to live. And he runs to jump off the tar man into the river. And he's full of despair. But Ralpta saves the day. Are you scared? Something hunts you? Something hurts you? So she sends Carson to save him. And Carson tackles Cedric to the deck and says, I had to run all the way up from the bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
thought was pretty cute. Uh, Carson <laughs> confronts did. him, and Cedric says that he's lost everything, that he has nothing to live for. And Carson like, is like, excuse me, but if this was a romance novel, I would absolutely <laughs> be the brawny, half-naked guy on the cover, and you would be the windswept one clutching my tree trunk thighs. So <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> Talk to me. Does Cedric deserve Ralph's love? Does Cedric deserve Carson's attentions? And then he cries into Carson's bare, hairy chest while the rain falls and the violence playing. <laughs> and then Carson goes in for the kiss. And Ralph is like, my two dads. And then, <laughs> and then presumably there's boning, but Hob tastefully cuts away. So I'm glad that they had that connection and that good cry out because it feels like Cedric really just needed a good cry mm -hmm. so Thymara is down by the bonfire while Davy plays his pipes and everyone is having a pretty good time for being flood survivors in the rain wilds but she's displeased with Centaur's standoffishness and still missing Rapskull and his easy positivity of course Tats appears and compliments her for being very capable and then they also kiss a little because we're in a YA novel and as the makeout session increases in intensity, stupid Gruff shows up and declares them shotgun wedded or whatever stupid shit Gruff has on his mind. <laughs> and Thymara's like, no, this is just me exercising bodily autonomy, so fuck right off. Tats is, of course, offended that they're just kissing and not suddenly getting married. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like yes or no. And she says, no, Tats, it's still no. <laughs> Bird mail. Titozi is sending mail to Eric via four birds to test which one is faster, and she is very brave and says, quote, I wish I too could so effortlessly undertake the journey to Bingtown. And then she inquires into Eric's father's ill health and reminds him that her own mother is starting to bother her to get married too. Mellon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ashley, can I make a request? Sure. Can I get your best rendition of Oh Davy Boy, the pipes, the pipes are called? <laughs> Oddly, I sing Oh Danny Boy to myself kind of a lot. <laughs> I sang it for like fourth grade chorus once and it just like was imprinted on my skull, but it is way out of my range. Okay, I understand. <laughs> if I could do it as Moira Rose, you know, that would be a dream, but. Oh, Davy boy, the pipes, the yes! pipes are calling. That's all you're getting. Thank you. That's all I need. From hill to hill, <laughs> down the mountainside. That was the, the first song that I played uh, for solo and ensemble for you band nerds out there. Why do they make children play such a fucking depressing, horrible song? It's easy to play. That's why I chose it. You can, you don't have to play it. Okay. Just, Mine was definitely it. like, this is the song to... that we're singing in sixth grade chorus. And it's like, all right. I would like to talk about toxic masculinity. Oh. In... Well, this is going to be a long recording. Wow. <laughs> well, let me get clear my sleep schedule. <laughs> Toxic masculinity in Bingtown and how it has created not only not only Cedric and his lack of complete coping skills, <laughs> but, you know, Hest, who has basically 
taken out all of his insecurities on Cedric. And that is now why Cedric can't even talk to his friends in about his feelings. He can't talk to his dragon. He's got to have a whole breakdown. Thoughts. I think there's a lot of reasons why people could have trouble expressing themselves and having a good breakdown. And I think that... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there could be more at play than just like standard toxic masculinity. I mean, to me, it, it seems more like just sort of standard, um, like, uh, emotional dysfunction that gets kind of passed down culturally and or through families. Mm -hmm. And so if you're raised in a, in a situation where you're emotionally unsafe with your family, like you have to, you know, be a certain way or perform a certain role or, you know, whatever, which Cedric clearly had to in his family and right. probably and Hess clearly had to in his too. So for wh whatever reason, there's that disconnect, whether it's just family expectations or you not being what the family wants in this case, you know, they're both um, playing for the other team and not going to provide that, you know, air and a spare um, or, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, like that creates kind of an internal um, fracturing and it makes it, and because it usually starts in childhood, it makes it really difficult to um, reach out to other people, to see other people as safe or as resources for helping get out of that. And especially like if you're in the middle of um, an emotional flashback to a time when you felt as a child completely like unsafe and unsupported, uh, you can't always rationally like remember that there's other people in your life who want you now, which is why that kind of despair can be so consuming. Um, yeah, I mean, he, you're right, because he went from his parents' house where no one, where only his sister knew him and they didn't really talk mm -hmm. about it, right? Yeah. To Hest, who was abusive and made him act mm -hmm. in very specific ways. And he obviously could not show any kind of weakness. And whatever, it's whatever Hest decided was weakness, right? Right. So he's just had kind of like a heart to heart with his childhood friend this person who is in a relationship they're both in the real relationship with the same man which is mm -hmm. you know beyond kind of weird kind of weird but beyond him and hest the closest relationship he might have with someone mm -hmm. else right yeah and instead of kind of like using that he he pushes her away with the comment about lefteran and then mm -hmm. kind of retreats to his his room and gives into these dark thoughts. Now he has Ralpta, who's very proud of him, who mm -hmm. has just been bragging about him and his choices and what they did together to the other dragons and defending him. And you have Carson, who's clearly attracted to him and likes him. And he just had a conversation with Elise where she's like, I was mad at you, but I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that he... I wonder what it is that he, it's like it's Carson not judging him that kind of let him have that release. But I'm not I'm not sure why in the context of unless he's just I think I felt like he was kind of coming back to that like it's his entire world, which in his society, he's built up to this, you know, this nice position that he's in. But it's like his entire world is built up around Hest. 
and deep down he knows that Hest is abusive and not good for him. But you, I mean, it's hard to separate that from, you know, he has to hide everything just because of the fact that he's gay. But on top of that, it's like he's in an abusive relationship with an extremely powerful man who, you know, it's like if mm-hmm. you turn on that, you lose everything. And mm-hmm. he's just. You think that's why he always wanted to like run away? He's like, if I can just, if Hest and I can run away. That he can get rid of that dynamic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he won't leave me for this life that he, you know, has. But deep down he knows that Hest would not go for... Like, Hest Hest would never never do that. He has to have power over him. So that would throw off their entire dynamic. Hest would never run all the way from the beach. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, he would let Cedric die. But I, I thought that that was cute because it's like not it wasn't just because Ralpta was like, Carson, go get him. It was he was like, I feel like he's not feeling great. He's attuned to him and his emotions. Mm-hmm. And he went to the dragon and said, let me know if something's going on. Mm-hmm. And Ralpta did it. The only dragon that would have done so, I feel. I think Murkor would have. Murkor would have. Yeah. Oh, maybe Murkor, yeah. Phoebe. <laughs> that's true he'd be well maybe any of them but centara and or spit actually because like the rest You're of them right. seem to actually give a shit about their keepers like they're throwing i don't know where it is in the book but at some point like they're throwing tantrums when the keepers aren't like paying them attention and it's like this is, this is bullshit <laughs> something about cedric's inability to be vulnerable with people reminds me of centara mm-hmm mm-hmm Because clearly she's putting energy into herself and she cares what other people think of Thymara and she wants her to help her, but she can't, you know, admit to herself that, you know, I need this keeper. I need her. Mm -hmm. She's too cool for school. She's too cool for school. And like, you know, that's the standard, like closed off, like I'm tough. I don't need anyone Mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 being um it's it's being in like so independent you're not willing to enter like an actual relationship with someone you're you know you're yeah just, it's almost uh, like centara's confused about like the inst between like the instincts to be an independent dragon and the instincts like, to bond yeah. right like clearly that happens because all the she just she's always very like that's not what dragons do we're acting we're not acting like dragons we're doing things that dragons wouldn't do we have to like not do these things even though Merkor, who is wise mm-hmm. is counseling them to do other things so she's not only yes. like that with the keeper as well right she was she was she's like so, that with the dragons too she was yeah when she was thinking about oh Merkor can't dominate me no, no man's going to get me. They're going to fight over me one day. And then, you know what? I'm going to outfly them and no one will get me anyway. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of what Thymara is kind of going through as well. In like her, her human way. She's like, I'm not about, I'm not going to be fought over. That's not my thing. I make my own choices. That's not what I want. I like that there's this overlapping of experiences mm-hmm. between all of these characters that are really different. Mm-hmm. 
I know, and I feel really badly for Samara. It's like she just wants to be able to like sit and have like a regular hangout sesh with her peers, or like maybe have like a casual makeout sesh with somebody, and it's always just being thrown back at her of like you are an object. You have to make mm-hmm. a choice of like who gets to own you as an object. It's like go fuck off, every last one of you. Right, because she doesn't, it's like she doesn't get to make any of her own choices. Everyone's mm-hmm. making choices for her. And whether that's even like, like, obviously the boys, but like, even, even Centara, who's like, I'm not making choices for her. It's just and like, Markor is like, well, yeah. you are. I'm like, do any, have any of these guys ever heard of masturbation? Because like, they clearly, the goal <laughs> is not to have children at this point. The goal for them <laughs> is to just fuck something. And... <laughs> I'm like you don't like, you don't have to always be fucking something just because they're around. That's like literally the only thought in their heads right now. Really, <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> there is something like like a book from like the 60s or 70s about it. I always where... get really. I have a lot of talks with my sister about this, where I like get really, really depressed about being a woman sometimes because of the way that we're treated as like sexual objects for men um and i really do think it's like uh, the males i i buy and so like i have relationships with women and men and i definitely feel that only from men but like i just yeah and thamara is just kind of in the thick of that right now just yep i was born this way i'm a woman and the only thing that i am to anybody of the opposite sex is just this object for them to master and have for their own wants and needs and like fuck her you know Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also just this idea, too, that it's like, oh, well, Thymara will come around eventually. Like, at the end of these four books, you kind of expect her to, like, have, you know, chosen to date one of them or several of them or have, like, settled in her life. But what are, is it an option for Thymara to just never date? To just never want to do those things. It feels very like everyone's kind of pairing off right now in the story. And I. That's Robin Hobbs MO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you, you go on uh, vacation uh, in high school or college and everybody on the vacation decides they have to date. I think it's right comical, but that's just me. Oh, to be an unknowable void, perhaps <laughs> covered in eyes. Right? No one's going up to Murkor every day and asking him, where's, you gotta date someone, you gotta date someone. They just let him be. God damn it. I really am Murkor, aren't I? <laughs> or Tarman. No one's trying I to haven't had a date Tarmana. in six years. Well, like, Tarman's just busy pairing everybody else off, so people leave him alone. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I, yeah, Tarman it, will marry me in Paragon. Yeah, it's, it was, it's like, it's, I, I hope that now Cedric knows that he is, or not knows, but feels like he can express his needs, express, Mm -hmm. even if he's in a bad mood, to the people around him, because everyone else is having bad days too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I think it's probably going to yeah. take a little bit more therapy for him to feel that way on the regular, oh, but yeah. this was a nice intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, the, the reality is that like really relate, like dysfunctional relating is healed by healthy relating. And so now he's suddenly on a boat 
with, you know, Carson and with Elise and not with Hest. Right. So, you know, he's like having all of the, the realizations about this is like truly how... a safe space for him. Yes, exactly. And so he can finally like realize how awful Hest was and like do some processing on that. And then like having come to a very conscious awareness of how bad that dynamic was, finally start making choices about does he want to continue in that kind of dynamic or explore something different. Yeah. And he, I mean, obviously I feel like Carson would be disappointed if he chooses otherwise, but he can make whatever decision he wants at this point. And it will, yeah. he, he's, he doesn't have to do anything that for survival. Right. right. Like, Leftern's not going to throw, well, depending if he goes around <laughs> telling everyone Leftern's a fucking murderer, maybe. But at this point, <laughs> Leftern's not going to throw him off the boat. Right. You know, because Elise is mad at him. Right. Because mm-hmm. she's she's over it. She's probably not over it, but she's over it. <laughs> I also really love that where she's like, I was mad at you for a few hours, and now, like, I'm moving past it. And that's very much me. Yeah. Like, I am, like, seething, raging, like, want to murder and burn things to the ground for, like, this blip of a moment. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm done. Like, I just had to feel that, like hot fiery rage for a moment and then i can totally (laughs) compartmentalize which is not very healthy most of the time but i'm able to just be like and we move forward yeah you feel what you feel you just let it go i'm proud of her too for for confronting him and kind of controlling that conversation Mm -hmm. because that was a hard question for for her to ask it was a hard question to hear the answer yeah for sure yeah, 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 for yeah. To be like, all right, well, did everyone know? Yeah, everybody knew. Like everyone, yeah, like everyone. Cool. Which is did just you guys laugh fucking at me? awful. Yeah. Did Hess laugh at me? For sure. All the time. How Every many people? Time. 10, 20, 30? I know. <laughs> it was more than that. It was bad. Well, I, I wish she had thought in that moment about how much of Hess's money she spent on them fucking dragon scrapes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, that's what I mean. There's it's like, Crow, now, I wish that you had known before, so you could have been like, I'm going to buy this, and this, <laughs> and this. And also, so I'm just she really anxious if... on with, like, her personal trainer or somebody, you know? Right? I'm really, I'm just really anxious about what happens to her fabulous library, because, you know, like, yeah, like, that's yeah. way too much important scholarship to just, like, you know, get burned because Hest is mad. <laughs> Like, or, well, I or feel sold. like she's brought a lot of like copies, at least of like the key pieces. Mm-hmm. So I feel oh, like well, yeah, for sure. She, I think knowledge. she has copies of all of it. But yeah, you know, but still, the originals have some value, and but, they should know, go to a library great, somewhere. That's the great thing about these big town marriages. It's like it's it's not just. It's like well, he broke the contract. So <laughs> yep, the end. I think yep, her contract was she gets ten percent. Yeah. Which is yeah, probably, she still gets a, probably house, a pretty decent like, amount. She could she could take him to the cleaners a little bit, I think. Yeah, but is she would she be able to properly out him? Like Well, I don't yeah, that she would need Cedric's cooperation. And even, and then, even then would then, people believe yeah. him because they've been on this trip together. So then it's like, no, right. this was just their plan because they went mm-hmm. on this scandalous trip. I mean she could threaten to out him if he didn't just like Avoid their marriage contract. But he is powerful and she's not. And I think the True. great the great thing about the situation that Elise has found herself in 
is you know it maybe it doesn't offer her an extreme amount of independence but she has options yeah lefteran's got mm-hmm. income mm-hmm. there's a place to live she doesn't have to go back if she doesn't want to and she wants to stay with him yep so uh all right can we let's move on to chapter 14 all right chapter 14 is divergence and which cj cherry uh foreigner <laughs> novel is divergence <laughs> It's uh, there's literally one called Diverge. <laughs> that, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, fourteen chapters into book two, we find our adventurers traveling into a new biome. The rainy, overcast sky clears up, and now they can see that the surroundings have become a bit more temperate. It's like when you're driving back from vacation in Florida, and as soon as you hit Georgia, it's just suddenly signs for peaches and pecans, <laughs> as far as the eye can see. Um, since the flood there hasn't been as much of a need for the keepers to forage for the dragons nor do they even have the equipment to do so anyway Uh, fearful that the idle teens will join gangs or start dealing drugs (laughs) Leftrin engages them in various pointless activities to keep them busy Tarman's after school program is a big hit but unfortunately when you put all the teens in one spot they start kissing which is almost as bad as drugs uh, so, Alum and Leftrin's niece, Skelly, are the latest victims of the kiss and fever. But look, something new is on the horizon, a fork in the river. One path is wide open, with bright sunlight and bur- bluebirds singing, and the other is a nightmare, dark and narrow, with stormy clouds overhead and a murder of screeching crows. The dragons immediately take the lovely path and mosey on out of sight. Tarman, however, chooses this moment to crash into a sandbar. I wonder what he's trying to say. Obtuse Leftrin sets the kids to dig in Tarman out before they can start kissing all over again. Back with Thymara, we find her contemplating their situation. She looks up off the off to the distance and she sees what she thinks might be mountains over the horizon but she also spends some time thinking about her fellow adventurers and how they have changed everyone seems stronger even cedric based on how jerd is handling her pregnancy though thymara decides to take it off of her bucket list thymara also (laughs) remarks that skelly and daddy seem more like people to her which is hilarious to me and with them suddenly being mentioned so much, I have to tend to agree. <laughs> <laughs> After a day of attempting to dig out Tarman, the ship starts saying, This is wrong. And conveniently, the dragons and hunters return from the wide path. So, with a pause in progress, Elise goes out with Thymara to explore the second path. They wonder over how different the environment is. There's firmer land here. The two also bond a little bit, but really this whole portion of the chapter is about how Elise becomes determined that she won't go back to Bingtown, and she decides to stop waiting for things to happen to her. That night, Leftrin dreams he's on a date with Elise in the great market of Kelsingra. There's a fountain that plays music in time with the spouts of water, which I'm just like thinking the Bellagio fountains, but (laughs) I don't... Anyway, uh, other than that, Leftrin recalls only a feeling of contentment. When he wakes up, he finds that Elise had the same dream. And what's that? Oh, so did Skelly. Oh, yeah. Elise and Leftrin set their status to in a relationship. So that's cool. Um, 
Birdmail informs us that the Bingtown traders are now building a new traders hall. Uh, remember, did uh, Tintaglia wreck that one? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, Eric is a little bit salty about their use of the funds. Apparently, they could be spending it better. Which is like, on like more birds. Yeah. <laughs> to finance a trip for him to the rainwater. But I do think yeah. that that's like classic, like congressman. Let's build a better. Let's you know give ourselves a raise. That'll be nice. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, Divergence, the twentieth of C.J. Cherry's books, <laughs> <laughs> and the YA movie franchise. Yeah. It was divergent, but it's basically oh. the same. Well, <laughs> oops. Who can remember those <laughs> books, anyways? I didn't read the books. I saw one movie and it was terrible. I read the books, saw one movie, and was like, how could they do this? <laughs> I read all three of them and did not uh, like the way that they ended. No. The first book, all. you're like, fuck yeah. And then the second book, you're like, wait a second. And then the third one, you're like, mother bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen the trailer and this is not <laughs> selling it to me. <laughs> Look, it's a much better investment of your time to read the 23 books in C.J. Terry's Foreigner series. <laughs> 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 I thought nobody had read as many books as Robin Hobb. I almost I said know. Robin J. Hobb, but I don't There's know another one name. coming out this year. Wow. God, I, think I've, I think I've read the first six. I really should uh, get that's, back on this. That's I read the first one. I gotta get six. on this. So they, did they get back from the 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 space station? Spoilers. Oh, it's about space. The the, space. the last one I read. She's like, <laughs> the last the last book I read, there was a new alien species, and they were squat. Are They're there big horses? beefy boys. Yeah, that's all I re- that's all I remember. I believe that is not six books. I feel like you've read four and a half books. (laughs) How could you possibly remember? There's 20 books. I I reread them all the time. They're my favorite. I'm like not a book rereader. Even books I super crazy love. I typically am not much of a rereader. I start rereading and I get like three chapters in and then I start. Oh, were there only two books and then they then a whole bunch of time goes by? Is that what happened? And it's not trilogies. I thought I read two trilogies. No, they're all trilogies. They're all trilogies. Well, then I had then I read two trilogies because there was a trilogy and then a whole bunch of time went by and I read another trilogy. I know it. Six. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing the great thing about th- these books is that. A lot of them take place over like two days tops, so it's like it's like reading twenty four if it was <laughs> about a man who wore frock coats and made bills about sending stuff to a space station <laughs> <laughs> and had to understand this weird complex culture of people that don't actually have affection, yeah, and they assassinate each other left and right. It's pretty awesome. Instead of having lawyers, they just kill each other. <laughs> they just kill each other. <laughs> it's very regulated and sweet. And they, they <laughs> like auspicious numbers. Yes. And felicitous alignments of uh of dates and I, I just they're the best. 
it's like it's competence porn if you just want people to have global political problems honestly it's kind of like the opposite of robin hobb yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so she's like incompetence porn (laughs) yeah Fitz is offended, but it's true. <laughs> um, it's a lot of dumb people feeling a lot of feelings. Yeah. I think it is hilarious that Lectron knows that his ship has legs. And he's like, he's stuck. He's stuck. <laughs> Swartz, what are you doing? What did you screw up? He's got his, he's got question, his little duck legs like wrapped around a giant tree trunk in the bottom of the river. And he's like, I'm not that good. I like how he's yelling at Swartz. And Swartz is like, you know I don't have a job. What are you talking about? <laughs> Here's my question. I get that they can't see the legs. How do they not see the tail? I'm with you. <laughs> like when I got to the part about the tail, I was like, how did no one notice that? There's just like a yeah. giant silver tail, like waving around in the river. It's a barge, no right? Barge like, well, I just really high like I figure. So there's the barge that's like floating on the water, like where the barge actually is touching the water, and I just assume that the tail is like a turtle tail that's like tucked up, uh, up underneath the bottom of the barge, and so it's it says it's, it's long. The barges so are flat. So they're all flat. It's just all up on top of the water. <laughs> I assume it's under the water, but still, you don't see, like, the giant it's sneaky because thing the, in the it's water. It's because the galley and the captain's room are on the back, so you can't really mm-hmm. see You're just not back. paying attention oh. to the back of the boat. Yeah, you have and to, like, hang off the back. One of the, of the little pole workers is probably, on the beach, like, on tail like... patrol, and is, is like, yo, man, tuck it under. Like, get the tail under. <laughs> <laughs> He just pokes it every once in a while. Get down. Yeah. There's just like water birds just standing on it. Like, you can see with alligators. What what about people watching from the bank? Like, or like in the trees up in Trahog as they're like coming and going on the. That's what I'm saying. He only comes and goes. I also think that the water is like kind of murky. So it's not like, you know. It's not like crystal. It's but not still, the crystal literally clear something Caribbean moving water. in the water. It's like our water. Gosh, you guys are going to be so like... mad when you find out that he also has like a whole shark tank under there. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of picturing boat. like the Mississippi River. You know, I, I lived on the the Mississippi for a while, and it's not it's not a clean. Yeah, river. like you can't see, um, but still. But, but, from, but if a tail is, like, moving around behind you, isn't it going to, like, disrupt the not water? If it's, yeah. Not if it's low. Not if it's deep down. I still feel like someone would have seen something at some point in college. Yeah, like, some, somebody, from, like, watching from <laughs> They've been on that river a long time. Yeah. It's just the rudder. They're just they're too busy sucking face. <laughs> That's true. Well, all the all the keepers. Yeah, I'm. I'm just talking about all the other people that like. Well, everyone this, else knows. Well, and like, the barge is always this last. Like they, it goes dragons, then canoes, then the barge. So it's not like there's people riding behind the barge. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'm just saying everybody else in the entirety of the Rainwilds, like that, has seen this boat on the river. Like, like how has nobody well, noticed I it? Feel like Watching Tarman from the trees. can control his tail when he's amongst. City. I feel like I need to draw a diagram. Mixed, mixed company. 
I sent the picture. Oh, did you? <laughs> I feel like it's down low. Like, it's like if there had, like, one of the little propellers that's deep down low. Like, that's where his tail is. It just spins. His, it his tail like... spins like a propeller. Yeah. Like a cartoon. Matches the eyes. <laughs> I'm like, you don't see that from the surface. All I know is that, remember the giant barge that got stuck in the canal? Put some fucking legs on that shit. But real talk, like, why do we think he is stopping on this little delta? Because he knows they need to go up the other fucking river. Right. Yeah, the beast's castle is the other way. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He knows. I think, actually, though, that the way that they want to go is, like, more river-like, and the way that Tarman is probably wanting to go is, like, drier? Is that the... Well, I thought it was, like, the freshwater side versus the acid water side. Right, and I would have thought, like, why wouldn't you want to go up the freshwater side? Because they don't know that. They're like, this is weird. Well, the one, the acid acid side was wider and it sounded, and it was straight. And then the freshwater side was meandering and looked like it was Mm -hmm. just going to be more work. for. Yeah, we've all seen Dante's Peak. That just goes to a volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and plus, like, avoid acid water. I would want to I mean, know where the acid water comes from. Like, I would want to follow that one, even though there is You're the threat the of another acid tidal wave. It takes you to Mordor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sucks here. Really, this is the story of how Tarman turned from a tadpole into a beautiful frog. So naturally, he's going to want to go toward the side that has the most land. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, there's all that extra food there for the dragons to eat. And deer. It just seems... Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of found the holy grail of, like, Rainwild's adventuring, like, somewhat firm ground. Yeah. <laughs> Check that shit out. And firm fresh hands. water. What? What's that? It's like Waterworld, where they're like, that doesn't exist. Dry land. <laughs> <laughs> we can drink this water? What? We don't have to put it into a sand hole first. They all wash their clothes and they just come apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what these teenagers need to be naked next. (laughs) Naked and clean. Um, God. So so the dreams that Tarman is giving, is it just to the crew of the ship? I assumed it was the people that he liked. Those he wants the crew to date. Uh, well, because then I was like assuming that implies that Elise is now crew. I thought I didn't it implied think it had that to do with family. a crew situation. Yeah, I thought it more of like a family situation. Yeah, like he wants Elise and a and um, Leftrin to hook up, and he wants Skelly to sort of be brought into the uh, the fold, so she can be like, yeah. Yeah, Uncle, I have no problem with this. It doesn't interrupt any of my plans. She's like, I'll let you date Elise if you let me date my man alum. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it seems like a nice stay at the mall. It's a little dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go to the mall. Is this Just the same place that Fitz was at? The same city? Yeah. Same yeah, I would think. I think I'm it's trying still to remember. Synchro. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what he saw when he was seeing. There was a when fountain. He was walking around with his fingers on the walls. 
Yeah, because yeah, like uh, the way that I, the way that I imagine it, which I don't think is the intention, but I think of like all of the the ghosts and stuff that people see as like television screens on the wall and oh, stuff. No. Yeah, I imagine them as like holograms. Exactly. Holograms yeah. 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 And more literal. <laughs> Um, is that it? We're stuck on a sandbar. Well, so what I thought was weird is this, and I thought this was a little bit inconsistent with the writing, is that, like, Homeboy could have fucking conversations with Tarman, and then, like, suddenly he can't talk and, like, articulate what's wrong. I was well, like, he, mm, he, he doesn't want to. Didn't, didn't he say that, that he can have conversations with him when their their thoughts are aligned in the same direction? Mm. Oh, that's oh. Yeah, there was he was like, okay. ah, your thoughts are like the wind, Tarman, and he says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of like, like I can't understand. It's him like the dragons, be... like they can yeah. control when they want to be heard by the people. I also feel like Tarman is confused and like knows why he stopped, but can't articulate it yet. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he's also like Paragon, right? Now he's like two dragons. That's true. An old wizard wood and a young wizard He's two dragons and he doesn't have a figurehead. It's probably pretty hard to talk to. I, instead of a dream of Kelsinger, though, would you maybe think of a dream of, like, a left turn? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what left turn's name is? <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> The man who turned left. <laughs> um, so I he went in a circle. Uh, okay, I think that uh, we can move on to every episode prompt. So this be my crew character introductions and exits. Mm. Well, we we said goodbye to Jess last time, right? Yes. We could say goodbye to the uh, hold that Hest has over Cedric. We could say closeted Cedric. Yeah, that too. We could say hello to Tarman's tail. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the first time I actually recall Alan's name being used. It's been there, but like he hasn't. I I still don't. Has he had a line? Has he said anything? I don't know. No, but I think his dragon... He was missing, mm-hmm. yeah. and his dragon was upset about it. Yeah. So we got his name then. Yeah, yeah. his dragon was the one that kept, like, crying for him and, like, waking everybody sleep. Like, oh, there goes the dragon again, crying for Alum. Great. Aww. Aww. That's cute, though. Um, shady business adventures. Who is being shady? Well, Cedric thinks that Leftron's being shady. All not. the boys are being shady. All the boys are being fucking crazy shady. Mm-hmm. They're little they teenage peens. <laughs> Ew. I cannot wait for... Just repeatedly telling them no until forever until the end of time. It seems like a really good plan. Well, until somebody disrespects the no. Well, there, um, it's more until one of them can say hey 
can we do this? And it doesn't mean that I own you. And yeah. then she's like, now the answer's yes. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a long wait. <laughs> They're going to be like, wait, I say that one more like time? I just like that Tats is like, oh, give me a list of shit to do to earn you. And she's like, yeah. okay, go jump off a cliff. She's not the Narcheska, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's not the Narcheska. <laughs> Uh, how this works it's not how any of this works <laughs> also like just busy trying to survive she's getting up every day cleaning her dragon gathering food like whittling paddles like just the fucking making the paddles i'm like yo this is <laughs> the paddle that will probably last paddles. two days <laughs> yeah that, yeah by the river. i mean you might have talking about make work like <laughs> What a tangle. What are those dragons doing? Well, they're leaving and coming right back right back to the boat. They are making elderlings. Making elderlings. I feel like they have more pep in their step now, though. They're getting bigger, getting stronger every day. They survived the worst that the river could throw at them. I know Spit, though, they keep commenting about how aggressive he's being towards the humans, so I do have my concerns about him. Mm-hmm. He needs to bond with somebody. I think that yeah, ship has whole... sailed. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, you know, they don't share very well, and they're having to share keepers, and that's definitely probably making them aggressive. Yeah. Well, uh, boats, why are they great? Because they have tails. Because they have tails. <laughs> and legs. And they facilitate love. They know the direction they want to go. They just can't tell you. The next time I go on a boat, I'm going to be like, so where's the tail? Like, how, how, long is, <laughs> how long is your boat's tail? And they'll just be like, excuse me? And I'm like, I know it's got one. <laughs> they'll say, stop flirting, Ashley. How I wonder what legs. Tarman thinks of Tats. What Tarman thinks of who? Tats. Does Tarman so I, feel like, tats? I don't even think Tarman knows tats exists. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but I thought, he, like, Thymara could, like, sense Tarman a little bit, so I feel like he'd be interested in yeah, her maybe. love life as well. I guess you could say Tarman doesn't know tip for tat. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> it's, I don't if Tarman is, likes telenovelas or not, you know? Like, is he there for the drama? <laughs> I think he just likes Thymara. I don't think he gives a shit <laughs> about We'll see. Uh, dismantling the patriarchy, badassery, animal husbandry, and expired fashions from Jamalia. Well, they like... all have expired fashions. All of their clothing is quickly disintegrating. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the clothing thing is, is kind of like rubbing it in their face. I was thinking about it as I was reading this. I was like, what are they going to make clothes out of? Like, none of them Please. are weavers. Bread leaves. Just gonna have like Red an Adam and clothes. Eve situation for the rest of their lives. <laughs> they can they can cut their hair off and like make something with their hair and then grow more hair. I wonder if they could make armor out of dragon scales that they shed. I mean, the the hair thing is not gonna work too scales. well because when they when all the keepers grow scales, their hair falls out. So like it's the true. hair is a finite supply, and I don't right. think they're like being careful with that. And what, but what is what comes from dragons belongs to dragons, Ashley. So they're not going to share. They're just going to eat anything that falls off. Yeah, they'll probably eat the hair too. They'll be like, "Hey, that was my keepers. Maybe I'm eating they it." They can get their dragons to craft them some clothes with their elderling changes. 
Oh, like grow clothes. I guess they could use, they could, if they killed deer and stuff, they could use leather. But I mean, are any of them skilled to really go down that path? (laughs) Maybe Carson can make clothes out of leather. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think, I think Elise might, doesn't she know, doesn't somewhere talk about her, like, having done, like, enough samplers to at least, like, know how to sew? But then they have to be useful. Like, like, that'll be, like, her greatest dream. It's like, oh, I'm actually useful in doing something. Yeah, doesn't she, like, help fix (laughs) someone's clothes? Like, she helps Cedric with his clothes when they're, like, falling apart. Yeah. Helps she save the needle. Um, I think, though, that we we didn't get a lot of dragons in this section, so I feel like they're due for a hissy fit of some kind, some kind of spotlighting. Oh, yeah, there's more coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another another de-lousing or whatever it is that they have to do. Um, so, I don't trust it. Um that's it. Reminder for our next reading section will be the end of the book, Dragon Haven, chapters 15 through 20. And there is going to be content warning on chapter 18 for a pretty graphic scene of a miscarriage. So just be mm. aware of that. Oh. Um, um, all right. This has been Bucky Radio. You can email us at BuckyBradio at Gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air. I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa and you can find me at AlyssaMaynard.com where you will find my email address if you are a Jamie and Brienne shipper. You can just send me an email right there. Uh, I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faces Free on Instagram, where there is some Jamie and Brienne fan art. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and also, a link to get that Mercor and the Stubbs shirt if you want to support some Wayward Dragon fans. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. And I'm Ashley. Unfortunately, my recordings of Danny Boy are not available currently. Um, but <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena. Thanks, everybody. Next up is just me and Alyssa crying. Yeah, that's what we do. Thanks for the spoilers. Spoilers, that's what we do every spoiler section. (laughs) You have a cry. All right. Bye. predictable sometimes i fuck up okay <laughs> can't wait for hest to <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing <laughs>
can't wait for Hess to, I don't know, it's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> to never be seen again. Never seen from, or heard from again, because he's not a character in these books. I don't know no, he's canceled. <laughs> oh, okay. That was good. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Um, what was I going to talk about? Uh, oh, um, so what do we have coming up? The horrible miscarriage. Yeah, that's just stuck with me. I haven't reread it yet, but I remember it vividly. It is not a, an enormous part of this of this um, chapter. It's kind of a there's like a lot of other things that happen in that chapter, but it is oh. definitely the most memorable thing in that chapter. Um, and I, you know, I very difficult to to kind of read and yeah uh. it's very never have sex or you'll get pregnant and die and i remember yeah. it in that tone well i think because bellin has repeatedly attempted to get pregnant and cannot and has you know had her own miscarriages and then is helping jerd who got pregnant right away there's like this kind of like antagonism between those two characters so mm -hmm. it's like she's not she's not as comforting as you would want you know somebody who knows what's happening to be for someone like jerd so that's like really difficult that for me that's like the yeah. really difficult part because it's like i feel terrible for bellin because you know here's she's just having to go through this again right and clearly mm -hmm. being triggered on her own and then you've got jerd who's not really getting the emotional support that she needs from the people around her. And, you know, also Gref fucking off right then Ugh. and there. So. It's just a bad time. Yeah, so we have that. We have Gref, the end of Gref coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, the Less weird, men in the world. Yeah, and, like, the weird, um, like, Carson takes... Uh, uh, Cedric, and then there's like the weird confrontation with the alligators. <laughs> um, is the uh, boat sex scene in this book? Oh, did that already yes. happen? Oh, there's going to be another one. I've never done it in a boat before. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. That I remember one. that in the miscarriage. <laughs> God. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, the we've never done it in a boat before. I think we can make yeah. that work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just it's like, good. especially after. It's good, but it's also like, after, like, oh, it's like so, all the imagery. I'm like, no, dead people in boats and alligators and it's <laughs> a roller coaster. It's just. Oh, my God. Everything, uh, and then uh, and then Hebe, the return of Hebe and Rascal. Hebe, my girl. So, <sighs> I'm trying to remember if we find out now or if it's later on when they get to Kelsingra, or like the lake, you know, like the little village. Um, when you find out that Tarman's legs are Caesarea, because oh, it's I when one of it's when one of the it's like one of those group conversations with the dragons and they're like i remember Caesarea, 
Be a part of Malkin's Tangle. Sister is in that boat now. <laughs> uh oh, I don't remember when exactly that happens. Yeah, I Sorry. feel like it's coming up. I don't know. I think it might be in the next book, actually. But it's it's just kind of sad to me because, like, would obviously like that like Sister didn't make it, and the you know, it's like in the one hand, it's like really nice that that character that we followed for three books is kind of like still there somewhere in Taraman and like hopefully is like the one that gave the critical information that you know how do you get to Kelsingra all that stuff but mm. it's just like but so it's like, just yeah. bummer your friend is legs now yeah it's really sad and like you know especially because like with Paragon and everything it's like at least they can assert themselves at least they have yes. a personality at least they can bide their time until they get what they want your your legs yeah <laughs> no just... way yeah of emoting yourself yeah yeah so that's why i think it's really interesting that we have yet another kind of composite boat in tarman which is like essentially the same as paragon but it's goes completely differently so it's almost like Hobb is like, oh, I didn't want to 100% say that this quote unquote technology is bad mm. because here's a, here's a good version of this. Here's a contented version of this. If only we could get that in a character who winds up alone and happy. No, Come not possible. Something so good. It can only happen for 12 years at a time, <laughs> in a cabin, in the woods. Good. Or, like, when Fitz is a terrible single dad for, like, five years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, so there's... It, actually, that really depressed me when I was like, oh, he's such a bad father. And I don't know why it depressed me. I should, like, have known. There's nothing right? in him <laughs> that was going to show that he was somehow going to be any way close to a decent father. But I wanted him to be. Like, I was rooting for him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so sad. But, you know, Nettle's fucking right. I don't, like, agree with Nettle 100% of the time, but I really do relate to Nettle. Like, uh, She's you know, a great I, character. Yeah, and as the daughter of an absent father, you know, it's just like, yeah, fuck you. I get it. Like, I did everything myself. Fuck you. You caused me problems. And I'm not going to let you perpetuate those problems. Mm -hmm. So, she's a badass. I love Nettle. I think that She's too critical, but her life is hard. <laughs> yeah, she can be critical if she wants. Um, what else is going to happen? I think that's really it. They spend, you know, what's really funny is when I was reading the end of this, I was doing the reread to prep. And mm. I was rereading these the end of this particular book at the same time as like the Ever Given thing with the, with the canal. And yeah, like, I was just like, this boat is trying to tell us something, everybody. You were communing with the boat, and that's why it got stuck. Yeah, Ever Given's like, no, I can't, I can't go any farther. They're like trying it, to dig it out. 
It's dragon woke up and said no. No. <laughs> it got stuck. They're the making Suez. me carry Sony products and Amazon packages. <laughs> I am life. a dragon. I'm a dragon. I have dignity. <laughs> uh, so funny. I had like, I like, yeah, I went, I think I like tweeted like a thing or on the account that was like, this would never happen to Tarman. Oh. <laughs> I must just, have liked it. If I he didn't. just get up and walk around champion love it love boats never gave a shit yeah. about boats but now i love them right oh thank goodness boats just, are great yeah i think tarman is tarman is like the boat vibe i think like pretty chill obviously he's like he lives on a river so he kind of like can't like as opposed to the live ships that go on the ocean, right? Where you're supposed to master the element and use wind and go, you know, go wherever you want. Like you're in charge. Tarman has to be way more chill than that because he can really only go where the river wants to go. And so he has to have like a completely different type of personality. And I th- it's the t- I like it. Yeah, I like it too because I feel when the sea features, like you said, it's always like man versus nature. Yeah. And I think master and commander, <laughs> stuff like that. And then I, it was really nice to have this like lazy river book four times. Yeah. And I mean, the it's river nice. is still, the river still has its issues. It could still boil you alive and, you know, sweep you down and it's still dangerous. But I, I like that. I like that you have to work. You have to, you can't, you, you cannot make the river go where it doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Like, not without completely changing, you know, and like the locks and stuff that they try to do to help the serpents, like that's obviously not going great. And there's a little bit of philosophy there, I think, about like what makes you happy. Because when you look at the characters that are happiest, who are they? It's like, well, after and least are pretty up there. And they just go with the flow. It's all life is a river. I mean, they, they stand up for their friends and all that shit, but, you know. They're not fits out there trying to move the world. No. Rock. Yeah. No one's part. a changer. That's a choice. That's a choice. What happens if there's... There's got to be more than one changer. I always felt like... I always felt like Kenneth was kind of a changer. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Yes. But he's like a douchebag yeah and a pilot he has no he has no pilot he has no profit like he was extreme i feel like i don't know just selfishness outweigh your ability to i don't know change anything greater because he's an extremely selfish character i mean what could he have done if he had had i guess that's the point really all right, I'm not gonna go too deep into that. That'll get us. that'll get us nowhere. <laughs> too late. I'm gonna yeah. end. I'm gonna end with the the nice thought that if you go where the river goes, it'll work out. River goes to another man's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's gay. The river is gay. Everybody. That's it. Oh, the river is gay. The river is gay. So is Tarman. All right. <laughs> Now you're speaking my language. We better stop this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk to you next week. Bye.